Hello and welcome to the Martlet Podcast. I'm Caitlin Kokoska. And I'm Cormac O'Brien. This week, um, we are talking about the music scene in Victoria. I am an avid concert goer. Cormac is an avid musician. So we thought that we would talk to UVic students and see what kind of music they're producing. The people we talked to made it pretty clear that there is a big music scene in Victoria. And I think a lot of people may or may not be surprised to find out that a lot of that music comes from the university, whether or not that's within the music department here at UVic, which I think gets looked over a lot. I think a lot of people don't recognize you know, how many great student musicians there are in that program. And then in other programs as well, both the two other people we talked to in this episode are in the visual arts program, and there's a lot of great music coming out of that as well. And not only that, but just music that's really accessible and isn't too classical or academic that you would expect coming out of like a university setting. We talked to uh, Jackson Melanchuk, who's a radio presenter here at CFUV and a visual arts student. Uh, Hannah Van Adricum, who goes uh, under the name Hansmoll, and Bailey Finley, who is a, a flautist at the a university. Flautist. Is that, that's right, right? I don't know. I've never heard that. Bailey Finley, who plays the flute at the University of Victoria music program. In a trio of three women. Called? Trio Taco. <laughs> trio Taco. Enjoy the podcast. Jackson. Uh, I'm a UVic student along with a musician, radio host, and a myriad of other things. And uh, 21 years old, living in Victoria. What are, you, uh, what are you UVic for? I'm at Visual Arts right now. Uh, it's kind of my second year at it. I started in business and switched in my second year. So how did you get into, how did you get into music? How did it all begin? I think just my fondness for it at a young age. Uh, my family was really into music. We'd always go to concerts and um, just really exposed me to it. And when I heard it, I uh, I wanted to get more involved with it in any way I could, so I started making it, starting you know doing DJing and stuff like that. I just everything about it I really enjoy. So why don't you tell me about uh, how your music changed when you came to UVic? How did being uh, you know at this campus? How did it affect things? It was really good. Um, I think what was more important is I left my hometown, Nanaimo, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't have a hu- doesn't really have a music scene at all, and so I got here. I started meeting some really great people. Who are working hard and you know come from all these different genres and all these different backgrounds and that was just really inspiring for me to kind of get out there and start following my own sound and get into it where where are you at right now as a producer like what's what's going on with your music uh so i have two beat tapes out right now a couple of singles um they've been getting some decent uh praise or you know i've been uh, on the charts luckily enough at cfuv at number one um that was incredible and over canada i was top 10 for electronic and hip hop for the beat tapes. So that was a, a crazy good feeling. And not that I do it for any of that, but it's nice when it's just, when you're a producer, it's so much just by yourself. So you mm-hmm. don't get a lot of feedback on it. Um, so getting just any sort of feedback was nice on that. And so I'm working on my third tape right now. It should be out April ish. Nice. And that's, uh, I'm just consistent with it. I have a work, I have a motto for it and it's just be consistent. Um, doesn't matter anything that I'm doing, it's just always, 
being consistent. So I have this rule where I make a beat every day. Mm, nice. Um, I think I'm at like 150 days in a row now, something like that. And they're, some of them are just trash. Like they're absolutely <laughs> throwaways. They're like maybe even seven seconds long of just a loop. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate them. And I just, but it's just getting that, you know, in that rhythm. So when I do feel inspired or I do feel ready to make something good, you know, it's not, I'm not out of practice. Mm-hmm. I don't have to get back into it. I'm just always in it. So. What's the what's the biggest difficulty for a musician in, in Victoria or at UVic specifically? What's what's the most difficult hurdle you kind of have to overcome? Uh, I think in general, talk, not really talking about myself, but the general Victoria music scene is we gravitate towards this indie rock sound. Mm. I'd say that's probably the most predominant sound you hear if you go out in Victoria. And so trying to differentiate yourself from every other band I've been at a lot of punk punk rock shows and just indie rock shows and, you know, all this. And after a while, they do start to sound similar. Mm-hmm. And so I think standing out uh, amongst this little community is probably the most difficult thing, especially when you just love that sound, mm-hmm. right? If you're just a Mac DeMarco fan or something like that. Um, not, you know, I love Mac DeMarco, right? Or Home Shake or, you know, bands like these. Um, but when they're kind of your only influence and they're also the only influence for so many other bands, you need to make it a little bit fresh and, you know, kind of expand a little bit. Mm-hmm. So so just to bring it back to campus, yeah. um, you're the founder of what's called uh, the UVic Music Production Club. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that and how it got started and what that is? Yeah, so myself, along with two other people, Braden Gunn and Evan Hinchelwood, uh, started it a year ago, year and a half ago now. And we all had the same music class together. We had a listening to music class and so we kind of just started talking in that class and we were saying, man, there's no music clubs at UVic. And at the time there wasn't, um, for how many clubs UVic actually has, there's nothing for music. And we we're kind of, you know, really shocked by that fact. And so we're just like, well, why don't we start doing that? So, uh, we put it together, we got, you know, became a club and it's been going really well. We put on a couple year end shows that have been going well and, uh, all around town. We mainly focus on producers and DJs. Mm-hmm. However, uh, we still do some live jam sessions. So if you're in a band or you have an instrument, but you're not in a band, you can come and play. And that's always a great time. People bring like four guitars. Do we have some vocalists? Um, I think a guy brought a violin one time. And so, you know, we all kind of just sit in a room and see what happens, Mm -hmm. right? Like any good jam. And so we try to cater to as much as possible. We try to put on little workshops. So young producers who don't really know the depths of mastering or mixing just like myself i actually you know learned a lot through the workshops we put on right because i had no idea and so we brought in some people who were really familiar with it some other people around town and uh we try to just you know build a community with it so you're obviously i mean you're particularly kind of busy in this whole scene like you have your own show here at cfuv yeah uh for the meantime you're running this production club you're playing around town um speaking as a student how do you find balancing the musician life and student life it's tough um you know i don't sleep a lot <laughs> and that's not you know it's really not a joke when people say it's hard work it really just is mm-hmm. and uh but i love doing it and so what i found when i went to visual arts and when i started doing a degree that i actually loved it really opened me up i was starting to get inspired from my classes i started you know wanting to do it and not just dreading another paper or dreading another research paper like it was inspiring so I felt like doing the things I loved actually helped everything else around me like I wasn't really doing music when I was in business because I was just so bogged down um by it all by Mm. just you know by the 
uh, readings and stuff like that. And the teachers I felt weren't really connecting with me as well as I wanted them to. Um, some issues I had with the whole program, not saying it's a bad program, just for yourself, yeah. for myself, it wasn't for me. I wasn't enjoying it. So I find when I finally started enjoying what I was doing here at UVic, it just opened it up for me. I wasn't being, school wasn't bogging me down the whole time. I was just enjoying life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and can you talk a little bit too about, obviously we're sat in CFUV right now. You're going on the air in like what, two hours? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, talk about what CFUV has done for yourself and then also what you think it does for the whole Victoria music scene. I mean, for all of Victoria, CFUV is so great. Uh, community college radio is uh, much needed, I believe, and it really uh, highlights things that wouldn't be played. It really supports a lot of local bands and a lot of local artists. We have a session here on uh, Fridays called Basement Closet Session. Mm-hmm. We bring in a band and they play live on air. Um, just giving that exposure to the Victor- Victoria music scene and really supporting it as a whole. Um, for myself, it's been a really pl- you know pleasurable time. Um, it's it's a lot of work to do a show, an hour and a half show every week, but I've kind of gotten the rhythm of it now, and I always find it a nice little challenge to find new music and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just kept me going. Again, being consistent, right? It happens every week. I have to do it. Um, it just helps me with my workflow a lot. Yeah. Because, I mean, especially since we're talking about student music, and you, I mean, you mm-hmm. feel free to disagree with this, but I feel like a lot of the UVic music scene is like a really it's a it's a young scene like even you were talking about holy smokes earlier like those are run by kids who just graduated i know you know yeah i think they're 22 23 exactly right there's such a kind of youthful vibe around the place i think it's really great yeah um you know it we kind of have free reign to do what we want that way there's not that kind of established older generation telling us what to do Mm -hmm. or you know having control of the clubs or the venues saying you can't play here or you know things like that i think uh yeah, I'd agree with you. The young vibe is so pro- like prominent, mm-hmm. and uh, I enjoy it. You know, I don't think we're doing anything brash or crazy. Yeah. Um, but especially too, like your genre, it's kind of a new genre. Like, and especially yeah. the way in which you're performing it with this technology, like that's a new way of doing things. For sure, yeah, and uh, that just opens it up for me. And you know, there's no one really to follow that way, so mm-hmm. I just have a ton of fun with it. Yeah. And I, you know, go a little bit crazy with it, and it's uh, really enjoyable. Jackson, thanks so much for sitting down and chatting with me, man. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Hi, my name is Bailey Finley. I am a member of Trio Taco and I am a student at the School of Music at UVic. I was wondering if you could just start by explaining um, what Trio Taco is, how it came to be, and that kind of thing. For sure. Um, Trio Taco is a flute trio of colleagues from the University of Victoria. We originally started as a chamber music group through the music program. And then we just found out that we really loved playing with each other. 
And so we wanted to continue doing that. And so we started organizing our own concerts and stuff outside of the school. And it really gave us an opportunity to work with like composers locally and try out some of that kind of stuff, which was awesome. What is the definition of like chamber music for those who don't know? Yeah, totally. Chamber music is, um, I think the title comes from, it was intended like to be music played in a small room for like an intimate setting for like a small group of people. So it was always like a smaller group of musicians as well. I really like the intimacy of like playing in a chamber music group, like to really get a chance to work like closely with um, people that you really enjoy working with is one of my favorite things. Playing in a large ensemble is like completely, it's not completely different because you still bring aspects of like chamber music to it, um, just in a larger form, I think, but um, definitely more of a rush, definitely more of like a big, it's like a big, we're like a big team, like... You know, and then we play concerts like, oh, we just won the soccer match and let's go for drinks and stuff. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What is it about the flute that kind of united you guys kind of as an instrument? Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, I've never had a question like that before. That's cool. Um, Well, flute trio is kind of a unique like instrumentation. Like a lot of people don't write for it. And we all found out that we really love exploring like... Um, new music like new techniques and modern techniques on the flute and I think that really um, helped us like create like what Trio Taco is. Right so you got to like learn through creating the music and you kind of like bonded through that creation. Yeah exactly yeah and then which is a really good dynamic of like um, skills in the group so it worked really well. (laughs) So on your Facebook page it says that you blend classical roots with a passion for new Canadian music. And I'm wondering if you could just describe that for listeners who haven't heard that before. Totally, yeah. Um, So we're all trained classically. That's where we all started on the flute. Um, That's where we started in our chamber music too, was playing classical music. Um, But we all realized that we all really enjoy working with new composers, or composers that are still living, I should say, not new composers, but... um, and working on new music so we can take like everything we've learned from the flute up until now and like apply that to like new music and new techniques and stuff. Yeah okay I guess in that respect then um, I was wondering where you see the space of classical music surviving and thriving in like the contemporary scene. I know you guys are kind of doing shows and that kind of thing to put that out there but I was wondering if there's like other places that you see it building. Yeah, um, totally. Like, there's, like, a new approach to, like, classical music right now that I think a lot of, like, even orchestras are starting to use, like, just, like, approaching, like, younger people and, like, learning, like, a big reason why people aren't as interested in classical music right now in a broader perspective is because we don't have um, the music education we used to, and so kind of, like, taking that um, responsibility on as a performer or as a being involved in an organization like that, taking that, like, education role on to, like make it more comfortable and approachable for, like, anybody. And what about the UVic program? Like, what have you learned, I guess, through the music program that you can take into performing as, like, Trio Taco? Lots of, like, just, like, professionalism, like, how to work in, like, a small group. And, like, we're not always going to see eye to eye, but we can use those, like, different, like, opinions and stuff to create something really wonderful. Um, UVic has, like, an amazing new music program, and just like all those connections that we've gotten from like working with the composers at the school now and the composers that are recent graduates around town, like that's something that we'll definitely use in the future. And how does it work when you're working with um, local composers? Do you approach them and say like, hey, could you write something for like a three-piece flute ensemble? Like, Yeah, so how it worked was um, our first concert that we did in September, um, we put out a call for open scores and we just like, 
made sure all of our friends knew about it who were composers and they were really supportive of it and we got a lot of like good feedback and a lot of support from them and so we got enough pieces to play a concert which was wonderful and then um, I think just because like we haven't been able to do that because of the school year and stuff like we're all so busy with our own things but um, we've been approached by different people to ask to do different things because of that which is really awesome. Um, what has been like your most recent show that you've done and what was kind of like the feedback from the audience and like the reception? Mm -hmm. um, I think it was November and we did a joint recital with um, B.T. Williams with this which is a saxophone quartet in Victoria. They're also from the School of Music. We didn't actually play any pieces by local composers, but um, we went off campus. We played in a church downtown, and it was relatively a small turnout at that time of year, I think because it was just busy, but um, we got really good feedback from, like, you know, just, like, going out and, like, bringing, like, our music into the community outside of the university, and we really try to make our concerts, like, more than just the music concert. We try to make it fun, like, we always, like, have, like, tacos afterwards and stuff, and um, we had a sing-along Christmas section, too, which was really great. Yeah, I was wondering if you could just explain the name a little bit. It's quite interesting. Um, I, when I was explaining it to my colleague Cormac, he didn't really understand where it came from. I was wondering if you could just like give a little background. Totally. Um, so one of the girls in our trio, Sierra, um, she's obsessed with Taco Bell. And then the other girl, Monica, she lives in Nanaimo. And I don't know if you know this, but the only Taco Bell on the island is in Nanaimo. And so... During Christmas break, we were trying to, like, do some extra competitions and stuff. We're like, how are we going to fit in rehearsal time? We're like, oh, well, we can go up to Nanaimo and see Monica. But also, like, we're going to go to Nanaimo to go to Taco Bell. And so it was, like, in a break from rehearsal, we were like, okay, we're going to Taco Bell. We're just, like, joking around and stuff. And, like, if we named our trio, what would it be? Trio Taco. And then it was just a joke, and then it stuck, and, and this is what it's turned into. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, do you think you'd ever play music um, that has, like, Mexican influence or anything like that? <laughs> if somebody wants to rate us a piece, we would love to, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and also, I guess going off that, what are some of your musical influences? Um, just as, like, Somebody who's playing a specific instrument, is there like a specific group that like you guys really appreciate? Um, so we were very lucky last semester to study with Mark McGregor and he is an amazing contemporary flute player like in the lower mainland. Um, so we were lucky to have him and I think for me like he's definitely been an inspiration because I've gotten to work with him before. Um, all of the teachers at UVic, honestly, like, <laughs> I know that's so broad, but like, they're all just such amazing musicians that have like, inspired us like daily in that dark music basement, but. Where can fans find your music if they want to look it up? And where can they find you just on social media? Absolutely. You can find us at facebook.com slash trio taco, or you can find us on Instagram at Trio Taco or uh, YouTube Trio Taco. And you can send us an email at TrioTacoFlute at gmail.com. Great. Thank you so much for speaking with me, Bailey. Well, thank you so much for having me.
Hannah Van Adrickham. I do hands mole, and uh, currently I am in, I guess, the end of year three in visual arts, and then I also have um, a Bachelor of Arts in Anthropology from UVic. So uh, do you want to talk a little bit about how you got into music? How did you get into the scene, just in general? Start from the top. Um, well, like getting into music was just a desire to make stuff. So that started in high school, and I like recorded a really, really brutally bad um, bedroom album that like when I die will maybe get released from the archives, but not while I'm still alive. And then I didn't really start playing live until like second year, and that was with a different iteration. Like I had really bad band names. I was um, <laughs> The Long Nights for a bit, um, and then I started playing live with a band called Bennett Lake, and it was like moody and bad and yeah didn't really like break into the scene with that because it was horrible were those like the band camp tags moody and bad like those were what you threw up there that's that's now what i would call them mm -hmm. yeah like bad wave <laughs> yeah yeah and then hands mole it was just like a fluke that um i got introduced to maddie from shake records and i just finished um, recording the first album and i was like hey would you mind just like running tapes for me not expecting her to like actually put it out mm -hmm. um and then she did and then my first show playing properly live was um like the release for that so yeah just like fluke and luck mm -hmm. getting there, into the scene has there been much of a change in your music from when you started playing in high school to where you are now other than the quality but like in terms of the genres and things like that. my gosh yes <laughs> <laughs> um i don't really remember what it was before i just remember it being really bad it was like closer to um like trying to emulate like like bad pop folk mm sort of. Yeah. And then I like, as I got better at just recording stuff, I realized that like, um, actually getting into the pr production of stuff and like incorporating electronic stuff was just like way more interesting than ever playing the guitar or like listening to my own voice singing. Um, yeah, so it's changed a lot. Mm -hmm. You said you started playing live shows in second year. What, what sparked that change? What, what inspired you to get out there and start playing live? Because I just thought that that's what you did if you were in a band and making music. Mm -hmm. um, because it seems to me that's what everyone does if they're in a band and are making music. Makes sense. Yeah. And this band was with other UVic kids or just kids around town or? No, it was just um, like my friends from high school. Okay. Yeah. A bunch of the people that are in my cohort um, like are in bands too. Like I go to school with um, Jack and Carter from OKGB. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's influenced my art, definitely. Mm -hmm. Even just being around musicians, like you mentioned, OKGB, I mean, that kind of community that you found, and that must surely influence what you do, because obviously just in terms of the bands you're going out to see and the music you're listening to, it must yeah. have shaped that a little bit. Yeah, totally. Like, um, just being, yeah, around musicians who, like, are not necessarily making anything close to what I make, mm -hmm. and just, like, listening to their output and also just, like, talking to people about bands they like and stuff, it's just a, a lot better than like going on Spotify and like trying to find something new. Mm -hmm. So it's like a way to um, just like sample things that I wouldn't otherwise have access to or something. So it's like an influence in that respect. Is there like a kind of style of genre that you see a lot coming out of UVic and that kind of indie Victoria scene? Victoria is like very guitar band heavy. It mm -hmm. seems to be like super, super focused on um, post-punk mostly, which is fine, but I think Victoria can be kind of bad for like having, you know, two good bands that have some success, you know, nationwide, and then uh, other young bands just sort of want to copy what they're doing. Mm. And I think that's maybe a bit of a trap that we fall into here. They're fine bands, they're good musicians, everyone has a lot of projects, but I think that's just something that like Victoria falls prey to. How do you make sure the music you're making is fresh and unique and is true to who you are rather than true to who these other great bands are? Well, I don't play in a guitar band. 
would be <laughs> would be the first thing. Um, I don't think that anything really that I'm doing relates too much to the current Victoria scene. Okay. Like I think it more comes from you know it would be closer to stuff that's happening in Montreal or Toronto right. maybe, and maybe even a little bit in Vancouver. There's definitely like an electronic music scene in Victoria, but it's not one that's like advertised really. You know, like it's just hard to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, Victoria has a bit of a reputation for being an older city. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that's necessarily true? Is there enough of a young population to sustain the you know the kind of music that you and and a lot of other bands are playing? It seems to be the case that yes. Mm-hmm. I think like somewhere like Sydney, like where I grew up, is way older. Like. Everyone there is decrepitly old. It's like Logan's Run. Like, once they reach a certain age, they're just, like, made to move up the peninsula. Okay, Um, that explains a lot, actually. Yeah, but I think... No, Victoria seems to have, like, a good scene. There's, like, teens who are invested and interested in being part of the music scene, Mm -hmm. um, which makes me wish that we had, like, um, maybe more all-ages venues. But there's some good ones that have been cropping up every now and then. I think the issue is more once you become like you know 33 and you've aged out of the scene what do you do yeah i think probably for the size of it victoria's got a pretty bump in music scene mm. that seems to be my vibe and like there's um been people who have you know grown up in calgary or whatever and then moved here for music right so like that's got to mean something totally yeah what percentage of of uh, musicians in the victoria indie scene if I'm allowed to call it. I don't know if that's a good way of saying it. I don't it. know. No? Is that pejorative? Like, I'm not sure. Like, indie? I don't know. I can't tell who's reclaimed it. I don't know which side, yeah. the, you know, it's fallen <laughs> on. But um, what percentage of, of musicians in that scene are UVic students, do you think? Probably a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Because, it, you know, the new thing is that you go to school, it's the new status quo. Mm-hmm. After high school, you have to get a university degree to mean anything in this world so I think that like you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who isn't doing some sort of either like traditional post-secondary education or like vocational training or something. Mm -hmm. If you're a UVic student or just a kid around town uh, how would you suggest getting into the Victoria music scene? I think Facebook is a good resource for that because everything that's happening is uh, announced on Facebook. Um, It's a good way to track events um, yeah, I would just, like, this is kind of a crummy answer, but I would just start going. Mm. Um, like, Logan's or the Copper Owl are both fine places to wander into and then begin from there. Totally. Yeah. Just get yourself in, kind of in the scene, in the yeah. community. Yeah. What is it like for you to play, like, a really great show one night, Copper Owl, wherever you play, and then have to, like, get up for a 9.30 class the next morning? Like, is that, how's that dissonance? Or is it a dissonance, I guess? Um, well, you're being generous, suggesting that I'm getting up in the morning to go to the class, maybe. Um, man, I don't know. I think the weirder thing is, like, the visual arts department, they put on a Halloween party mm-hmm. and a spring party. And so I've played at both of them in different years. And it's just, like, super bizarre to have to just, like, play for your peers. And then later on, like, maybe even the next day, you have to sit in a class with them. And the whole time they're like, I know who you really are now. <laughs> That's definitely, like, weird and nerve-wracking. Mm-hmm. I always just think that no one knows about the music I make. So it's always weird when someone's like, hey, I listened to your, your tunes and I thought it was really great. Or like, hey, I saw you at the show and I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. Like just very normal interactions <laughs> I think are very weird. So I can't like totally answer that question. But now where can people go to check out your music? Uh, everything is on um, Bandcamp. Um, I also just put it on Spotify to make it easier for people. Nice. Um, I'm not really playing any shows this year. I played one in February 
um, at Outer Heaven. And then the next one, probably the only other one I'm going to do this year, is for Pretty Good Not Bad cool. um, in May. Awesome. Hannah, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thanks for making this easy on me. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to give a big thanks to our three guests who came on the show this week. Um, after listening to what they had to say, it's pretty clear that not only are students creating really rad music, but also are getting their degrees and working at the exact same time, which is pretty cool. We can't do that. <laughs> no, we can't. We cannot do that. <laughs> We're trying. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Martlet Podcast. And of course, a big thank you to the Martlet and CFUV for their continued support in producing this podcast. Next time on the Martley Podcast, we'll be talking about the hot-button issue of student housing. I have a house. I also have a house. And we will be talking to more students who have houses. And how they got those houses in the first place. And how it may not be as easy as it once was. We'll be talking to somebody from the municipal government as well as some other students, discussing their horror stories and perhaps even their love stories. Thanks for listening.